Hey everybody, so I am doing a little podcast. I was inspired by a cool guy we met in Hollywood, um, Joseph. Um, He does his own podcast. He puts it out on SoundCloud. Um, But yeah, I'm going to do my own and just kind of see how it evolves. But I just feel like there are things I like, want to share, and this is going to be a good way to do that. Um, Cannon just stepped into the car. Say hey, Cannon. Hello. How are you? I'm on a podcast. Cool. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read from this book that I'm reading because that's what I'm doing right now. It's called You Are the Universe. It's by Deepak Chopra and Menasi Kafados. I think that's how you pronounce it. Um... I've just been kind of bouncing around it lately. Okay, I'm reading from page 205. No Room for the Mindless is the title of this section. Posing a conscious universe where human life is the whole point cannot simply be another item added to the menu. Unique among competing theories in cosmology, the conscious universe excludes all unconscious ones. They just don't have a reality, and we can't even imagine their reality because it is not there. It is as simple as that. Being conscious is like being pregnant or dead. Either you are or you aren't. No middle ground exists. In our view, the middle ground disappeared once once and for all when we showed that the brain doesn't think. The human brain as a physical thing can't be the source of mind. By the same logic, the physical universe should be disqualified as the creator of the mind. The the universe is huge compared with a human brain, but making a physical mechanism bigger doesn't make it smarter or even capable of thinking in the first place. Regardless of the shock and outrage among mainstream scientists, the only way that anything, an atom, brain, or the entire universe, can behave in a mind-like way is to be a mind. There is one escape route from this conclusion, however. The so-called clockwork universe of the 18th century century enlightenment, the intellectual trend at the time was to dispense with God as an active participant in how the universe operates from day to day. Yet, the process begins observed by scientists such as the regular order by which the elements fell into place by atomic weight implied a non-random system. I'm just going to read that one more time out loud. Um, Yet the process, sorry, the intellectual trend at the time was to dispense with God as an active participant in how the universe operates from day to day. Yet the processes being observed by scientists, such as the regular order by which the elements fell into place by atomic weight, implied a non-random system. The solution was a kind of Solomon's judgment. God was allowed to set the universe in motion with perfect precision, but then he was packed off to heaven while nature's clockwork mechanism kept humming along on its own. The notion of a clockwork universe seems quaint today, but it was almost the last time that scientists made peace, however uneasily, with consciousness as a, as a serious scientific ingredient when explaining cosmic phenomena. The peace proved 
temporary. Temporary. Once God was sent packing, there was never any reason to consider the possibility of a cosmic mind, except in metaphor, as when Einstein declared that he wanted to know how God's mind works, all the rest being details. Our intention isn't to bring God back, either by marching him in through the front door as creationists, or by sneaking him in through the back door, as happens when mathematics is t touted as the ultimate answer to all natural phenomena. Numbers are given a special heaven to live in, as it were. The first philosopher to trace reality to an invisible realm of pure existence was Plato, who held that anything of beauty or truth here on earth was a shadow of absolute beauty and truth in the beyond reflected, so to speak, in the cave of existence. Today, mathematics occupies the platonic realm, however, or somehow holding aloof from physical existence in order to arrange it according to the perfect mathematical laws. Being a word of transcendent, transcendent values, platonic is first cousin to divine. There's not much difference between calling the harmony of mathematics a platonic trait or a gift from God. The problem with shutting God out or letting him in the same both ways, consciousness isn't in the universe any more than wetness is in the water or sweetness in sugar. <clears throat> One doesn't say this water is almost right, we just had to add some wetness to it. Or I love this sugar but it would be, be even better if you could figure out how to make it sweet. In the same way, consciousness isn't a magic dust you sprinkle on inert atoms or to, to make them capable of thinking. Consciousness has to be there already. We have seen that mind-like behavior isn't a property of matter quite the reverse. When it wants to, the cosmic mind can take on properties of matter. At the quantum level, it can decide to behave like a wave or a particle. When such a choice is made, it's a mental choice, which shouldn't shock us. By definition, choices are mental. We don't say, my stomach decides to have oatmeal for breakfast. We decide to have, we decide to have oatmeal, not our bodies. The body participates in the choice, of course, because of the mind-body connection. If you're distracted, a rumbling stomach can remind you to eat, just as yawning can remind you to go to bed. Both sides, physical and mental, are allowed to participate. By turning its back on consciousness, mainstream scientists made a fatal decision, decision it is slowly beginning to regret. Reality itself seems to demand that ignorance is no longer a valid excuse when it comes to mind and cosmos. The universe didn't become mindless with the stroke of a pen. This was a collective decision made at the outset of modern science. At the time, 400 and 200 years ago, a mindless mechanical universe made perfect sense as we can illustrate through a story everyone learns at school about Isaac Newton and the apple. The incident is so familiar it would seem to have no hidden dimensions, but it does. It's worth recounting the details as told by Newton to a colleague, William Steffel. And actually, before I continue, I do have to do like want to say something about that because I don't I just kind of turned to a random page in this book and it's actually speaking on a lot of things that we kind of like or I specifically definitely the way I perceive the universe is that it is a conscious world like and canon talks about all the time how all of the atoms like we're all constructed of atoms and each atom has like its own 
particular or own particular consciousness and like if you zoom in far enough there's really no separation when you get down to the atomic level so it's like when you think about it where is the separation and like that's kind of what like the mind body like dilemma connection like balance comes in because it's like you can zoom in infinitely and just to the atomic structure and there is no separation but we create the separation and the separation is necessary to pro progress and to learn and to become I just feel like especially just medically speaking we're talking literally physical body I mean our medical system is totally still based off very old systems that like just specifically rely on the physical attributes rather than the mental and combining those two and like we're slowly putting more but it's like the balance between the mind and body is something that we have yet to really even delve into especially now um effort into progressing the psyche and like the mental part of healing because the mind is just as essential in the healing process as the body is like and there's a there's just a lot to say about that i feel like too the problem with this idea is that the where we're at where we're at scientifically we can't specifically measure certain mental like spiritual aspects that people speak on as far as like um people talk about manifestation or what's it called that epigenetics Epigen epigenetics and like that is like canon is really into that and like it's just not where it needs to be in order for us to get where we want to be as far as like the healthcare system and just the way that we handle mental health in general is just like I mean there's tons and tons of things you can read you can study it's out there everyone knows like we're literally you can get a pill from your psychiatrist and the same pill they're giving you for your depression they're giving to someone with schizophrenia so it's just like one pill it's like that's kind of like the idea of the physical and the spiritual it's like everyone at the end of the day is an individual it doesn't like that's what the consciousness comes down to is like you can't put everyone into a box and you really really start to understand that when you delve into the the mind more and like how how the mind works because one pill for antidepression isn't going to solve everyone's problems and we know it doesn't it, their studies already just doesn't like it's just not effective and not to mention you know stacking doses on top of doses it's just like and pills like Xanax which are extremely addictive people get addicted to these pills and like they can be helpful in some cases but in a lot of cases it's just like we just don't know how to handle it and we're not really taking the the conscious mind serious enough and it's gonna it's gonna be a really bad backlash at at some point um it's just a matter of time but that's kind of like where i see our society going really is just like the backlash of this this 
attachment to the physical so much so that we neglect the spiritual and that spiritual side can mean many things it's not necessarily religious but i feel like religion does play a part in that and like having having something to ground you something like faith because you're not always like ken and i right now are out in la we literally stepped out all the way from the east coast drove from the east coast all the way to la with basically a stimulus check and all of course our creations like our music and like a camera and our car and our dog <laughs> and like there's a and like in that sense it's like okay you don't you're not really guaranteed a lot like logically speaking it doesn't seem very logical but like as like when you step out like it's given us so much like we've been able to meet so many people we've been able to create like in so many different ways different avenues different circumstances like we've been able to meet really really influential people and just like I mean not to mention the spiritual side of it and like how much we've grown spiritually along the way but just loving life and enjoying life like at at the end of the day it's just like life is more enjoyable when you're living it like that and like you're more satisfied because you aren't really you're not really guaranteed the comforts of an apartment or like this next meal or whatever you're guaranteed but like for somehow you feel more satisfied or you feel more happy you feel more you feel better splitting a meal than you do eating a full meal by yourself yeah because it's like you work like we create and we're out here doing what we love we're not just coming out here and just like you know worrying 24 7 and like no we're out here and yeah we have we don't have everything to like comfort us but we're still doing what we're doing we're still creating we're still stepping out we're still like we're still reaching out to these people that we want to you know find and talk to and collab with and like and like yeah like you said it's like that meal you split with someone can be more satisfying than three meals a day that you just can get because it's sitting in your fridge it's just like it's really how comfortable you're willing to be so how comfortable do you guys really want to be does anyone ever want to be really yeah because at some point like we are going to be in a spot in our lives where we're more comfortable like in a way like we're gonna have more access to things and that's kind of like the goal eventually as you get older and you want to have a family like those things kind of come into play but like that's also relative to like the way you want to raise your family and like be a family but yeah I mean comfortability when you when we say comfortability I feel comfortable when I come sleep in the jeep at night like I feel like okay this is my comfort you know this is like my home basically I get this is my safe place and like I can lay down next to someone I love and care about and like someone I can trust and feel like safe with so to me that's like that's comfort to me you know but like it's I don't know I guess like as long as we're able to challenge ourselves and 
and be able to grow spiritually too. But yeah, um, bottom line, just step out your comfort zone, you know. Um, challenge yourself. Do something you would normally not do. Take a different, I don't know, take a different route home, whatever. Just, like, do something off the whim. Don't be worried about, okay, if I do this, this will happen. Because you really don't know what's going to happen. And ultimately, when you step out, you usually are surprised and like don't expect anything but at the same time just enjoy the process enjoy the fact that you chose to step out the fact that you're owning this decision and you're owning whatever happens next because for me I know that was always like my problem and before any of this was just owning the decision because like I was afraid of oh what what if this happened what if this happened like you literally can make you can make up a million different scenarios in your mind, but until you make you, until you make the decision to step out and take the action, you really don't know what's going to happen, and like you will probably be surprised. So, but um, I'm gonna play a song or part of a song that I made last night, and then I'm gonna sign off, and hope you guys enjoy.